0: or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the Top 100 Career Podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times best-selling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that believes... Your book should be as special as you. Um, I talk to entrepreneurs, bestselling authors. Today I'm talking to an actor and comedian. I talk to all sorts of people. Sometimes I talk to myself. But today is a re-release of a very funny episode that I recorded a while back. If you like this podcast, I bet you'd love my book on good authority. You'd also like my my course book to business. Um, you'd also like my masterclass. It's free. It's all about building a business from a book. So you can get all access to all of it by just going to ongoodauthoritypod.com. So today's guest is a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine. He is involved in the movie that's being made of my first book Party Girl. And I'll be honest about him. He digresses. That's because he's one of the funniest improvers in the world. He's on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jeff Garland. We get into some digressions here, but but we also managed to mostly stay on topic about what his experience was like selling a book to a traditional publisher Um changing the title for the paper back what the publisher did to support him or didn't do. And, um, and, and why he's not going to do that again. Um, so I now give you my conversation with Jeff Garland.
1: I hope you love it. In the world of secrets and the world of, you know, um, I sleep very well at night. I mean, do? I don't, but I do. I mean, every single you're recording this. I Now
0: hour. I'm recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Every single night as I lay in bed, um, it takes work to not, as I was talking about when we were setting this up, technically, you referred to yourself as an idiot. I did. And I said, when people say, be kind, thank you very much, Holly. When people say, be kind to yourself, uh, it's often like, yeah, I will, or yeah, I should. But the truth is, even if you're remotely enlightened, it's incredibly difficult. It's a difficult, difficult. I'm good at it. Yeah. You're good at it, too.
0: Except for just now.
1: Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, when I lay in bed at night, I have... Rapid thoughts of all the ways that I've disappointed myself during the day and all the things that I didn't get done and who I have to talk tomorrow. Now, once I zoom off, once I take my weed and uh, my indica and I zoom off to sleep, I'm good until if I were to, not always, Wake up at like two or three to go to the restroom uh, bathroom in my house. There's a bath where I pee. Um, uh,
0: you pee in the bath. I know that's what you were saying. Go on,
1: man. You know, by the way, whatever weird thing you ever think of, someone's doing it. Oh, there's somebody true. that that totally digs peeing in the bath. I bet God you there's people. someone sitting in a bag of pee. <laughs> pee with bubbles. All right, so
0: I mean. Not to get sidetracked from the sidetrack, but I wrote a story for Vice about men who like getting peed on, pegged to that revelation about our president, who allegedly enjoys that.
1: I would wager that he does. Um, And I would wager that what that what's said about him in Russia, that they found him getting peed on. um, Is real. That's my gut feeling. It doesn't make sense. Well, nothing about our president makes sense, except that it all makes sense. If you understood what a TV personality rich narcissist is, you know, I know people that are versions of him, not as, I know people that are versions of him that their parents love them. (laughs) You combine lack of love or acceptance by a father with that sort of narcissism, and you create something as insane as this, you know? And by the way, only recently have I become free with my political views. Um, whenever I'm asked, I, I talk about him now. I think I will not continue when he's no longer president, because I'm not one to bang my head against the wall. Yes. So now I'm Biden's president. I will have things that I don't like, things that I love, but it won't be like now, where to me, this is the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country.
0: Yeah. And Hi, sense. I'm Jeff
1: Garland. I Hi. hope you agree with me.
0: Hi, this is Jeff Garland. Talking about book launches, I know that's confusing uh, because- Oh no, I want to
1: talk about that too. I know. I have experience in that. I and know. I'm doing another book. I'm doing another couple books. Oh, you have my paperback. That's my paperback. And the hardcover is called... Did I, is that the one I gave you? Yes. Oh, I gave you that book. That was so awesome. So I have... Uh, um, uh, I, the, the first book, the same book, was called My Footprint. But it didn't sell well. And I did David Letterman 2020. Um, I did The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. I did all of these. And I think... I may have sold the hardcover 10,000, uh, which for which some people would be like doing cartwheels. You, you would? Oh, okay. my
0: God, yes.
1: Okay. But for the, I had a large publisher, and f- for the amount of press that I did, I realized, and this is bad news for your podcast, eh, people don't give a shit what I have to say. <laughs> and I have come to terms with that.
0: Maybe they do for free.
1: Well, no, because I don't give.
0: This is free. I, nobody's paying for this podcast.
1: Okay, yeah, but the point being is a book or seeing me do stand-up, I put great work into it. I, I'm, all I'm giving you is sincerity. I'm not giving you anything else, and I'm really me. But, you know, that's a lot to give.
0: I think it's a lot more than most celebrities ever give.
1: But yeah, that's possible, you know.
0: The listener should know that we have, I would say, a close relationship.
1: A Yeah, a, uh, I wouldn't go very close yet, but no, 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 no. Come on, man. We've been friends for what, two months?
0: Pandemic time is different from regular time.
1: By the way, I don't disagree with that. But I want to say, when I meet someone and I really have a connection and we talk, I still refer to that as an acquaintance. You and I have become close fast. And I my gut instinct tells me that we're friends for life because there's just a groove that you and I have. And I told you, it feels like we've known each other forever. Now I don't get that. That's something that happens to me once every two or three years where I meet someone like that. And so, yes, you and I have that, and it's a gift. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for our friendship. And the idea that early on in a friendship, it's so delightful, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it grow. And I won't, you know, as a comedian, you know, one might say, I hope I don't eventually disappoint, or I hope I, like something, But the truth is, that's not the way I am. I don't think that way. I don't think negatively. I think positively. Not ignorantly, um, uh, but I think positively. Ignorance is when you're just blindly positive no matter what. I can be, I'm never cynical, but I can be incredibly skeptical. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that'll work. I don't like that. What is that? You know, so skepticism is very healthy. I think cynicism is so unhealthy. Yeah. That's like self hate too, you know, and I do my best to avoid anyone who's cynical, skeptical, I love friends who, are, I have a couple of friends that always go opposite side of the coin. If I say it's, it's blue, they go, no, it's more of a purple. Um, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. uh, they and, and, and they do that as a matter of habit. Like no matter what I say, they go that way.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I have contrarian friends.
1: But, oh, I've got a, I've got a couple, a yeah. couple contrarian. But when you know, look, if they offer you something in their friendship that's warm and wonderful, you put up with the contrary, the contrarianness. Uh, um, but I'm amused by it, and it makes for great dialogue. You mm-hmm. know, so,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So, so let's talk books. So this was. Please.
1: And by okay. the way, be prepared for digressions.
0: Oh, I'm aware of this. Yeah. I'm, Baron
1: von, I'm Baron von digression, but that's just the way I am. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, but what you pointed out to me, because we are working on something. Sorry, listener, not going to tell you what it is. And you said, I, I go off on tangents, but the tangents become incredibly relevant because they contribute to the, the, the main thread. You said yes. something like that. Yes. Um,
1: you know, so. his book, you know, his book is very much like that is Bob Dylan's. Uh, is it, I forgot the name of the book. Is it Chronicles? I, anyhow, Bob Dylan's autobiography is very much like that. It's it's all over. But at the end, you get a complete feeling. It's delightful. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read.
0: Yeah, I've never read it.
1: Oh, I, if, it depends if you dig Dylan. If you dig Dylan, if you're level. You'd love it if you dig him. You'd love it, and if you don't dig him, don't waste your time. Even though it's great, you know.
0: I feel like that was true of the Patty Smith book. People just lost their minds, and it was because they love her so much, right?
1: No, the, because she doesn't have that many fans in terms of selling records. She's never been a. a, a Uh, Well, pop star starts short for popular star. She's always been an artist of great respect and merit and all that. So I think when people heard that she wrote a book about her and a great artist, you know, pretty much uh, as when, you know, when they were teenagers becoming who they were and it's well-written, that's fascinating stuff for anyone. So I think that, a lot of people read that book having never listened to her. I really think that. I think that's probably, and I'm not completely sure, but I bet you that's the most successful thing she has ever done. I think book. you're
0: right. I think, yeah. but okay, which brings me to an interesting point because if you're a certain, co- we have talked about this, when a famous person decides to do another form of creativity. Sometimes they're just ridiculed and how dare Keanu Reeves try to be in a band. And sometimes it's like, wow, this is so amazing, right?
1: Well, I think that people are more accepting of people writing a book than they are of someone like me suddenly being in a band. You yes. know what I mean? I think that a book translates better. But, you know, it's, it's interesting in terms of Who's got a story to tell? Are you writing a book because there's something you want to express? Or are you writing a book because someone told you you can make money? Like there's all, I think everything comes from motivations. Like, for example, myself, in terms of art, um, I never looked at, because I write movies, I write television. So when I wrote my book, uh, by the way, I'm having a new air conditioner put in. and that's good. There's going to be no, but I'm saying there might be some noise.
0: I heard some, but whatever.
1: I just heard a drill, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. um, we can pause for a minute." They don't ever do anything that long, which is interesting for work. <laughs> all right, anyhow, um, where was I?
0: Books are different when you sit down. All room, books we'll are all different about
1: because I write movies, I write television, I write, I write my stand-up. Even though I improvise a lot of it, I turn that into stories sometimes so for me writing didn't feel like oh here's something else like I didn't feel like a out an outsider or uh, a fake or not worthy. I'm a photographer I collect photography I have a Neil Preston David Bowie behind me um, I I yeah I I, I just was something with their working um uh, that's the problem when i'm not in a studio with you at your house you
0: know um what's that in the pink pad that's what the studio so you call
1: it the pink pad
0: yeah you'll see it it's pretty awesome
1: all right when you get tested yeah i'll see the pink pad so you get tested no
0: fair enough that's
1: a No. So I'm a photographer. I just had my first show at the beginning of the year, right before it ended. It closed like a week before the pandemic um, of my photography. I shot photography for, before I did the show, 13, 14 years, never showed anybody. Then the woman who was in charge of the gallery there saw my work and said, we have to put this up. And then I sold a lot of prints and it's not based on, I'm not Selena Gomez. I know Selena Gomez. She's lovely, but I'm not a star. So people aren't buying it because, Oh, he's a star. Like they're not buying. That's the one thing I never worry about is like people digging me or liking something because of fame or because I'm a celebrity, which is worthless. Um, I have built up everything in my life slowly uh because I hope it has value and I hope the and the people who dig me I hope they dig what I'm doing so I put up the show it was accepted I felt this is exactly what we're talking about opening night of my show I could have been in another room throwing up the whole night because I felt like I don't deserve to be here. Why am I here? And my whole approach putting up the show was, I don't wanna be a celebrity uh, you know, type photographer. Um, yeah, so that night I was so well received by photographers, by critics, by people, like the whole shebang that I was like, oh, I guess I'm a photographer. You know, yeah. and by, you know, for me, with all the press I did uh, on my book and my book not selling, it, it occurred to me, well, um, I have amongst my fans at that time, 10,000 people who want to hear what I have to say in book form. I bet you now if I did a book, actually, I couldn't guess. I know it would be more. I couldn't guess. I, I actually don't guess. What do you have a one? You put up your finger. What? what?
0: Because the problem with your book. I I can tell you. Right, well,
1: this is great.
0: But I've this is great. You. I've told you. No, no, positioning.
1: no, no. Oh, you mean talking about the airport type thing?
0: No, I'm talking what? about, okay, let's talk about your book. So first of all, to change the title between hardcover and paperback is so rare, I've almost never heard of it.
1: Well, do you know why they did it?
0: Because it didn't sell.
1: Yes, but you know, the the original title was My Footprint. Yeah. And they wanted Curb Your Enthusiasm in the title. Amy Sedaris. I wasn't going to do it. I was like, no, I'm not interested. Until uh, they agreed to my. I came up with a title which was Curbing It. Because I got the curb in there, and that is what it's about. Yep. Um, and Amy said, you worked hard on this book. you got to get the paperback out. By the way, I don't know how many I sold on the paperback. I have no clue. I have but no clue.
0: I just uh, looked on all. Amazon this morning, and they're on two different pages on Amazon. This is all crazy. Comedy
1: and autobiography.
0: No, it's not that. Your paperback and your hardcover are not available on the same page. That's madness. Madness, I tell you.
1: Well, you know what's madness, and I feel bad if anyone bought two copies thinking there were two books. Yeah, I'm I could. serious. I don't like that.
0: Um, now, Will you okay. Do me a favor.
1: Would you just grab me a mask? You know, the the the, um, the, the workers are walking around doing things. And they're wearing masks. I need. Yeah, that one's fine.
0: But how am I going to hear you? Actually, no. Give me
1: the give me the give me the the, the, the pinkish looking one. Now, yes, that's perfect. That's one of my, cause oh. that one, yeah, this one's easier to talk through.
0: Okay. I like that it's pink cause we're in the yeah. pink pads. Well, it's,
1: it's sort of red, reddish with pink and orange, but here's the thing. I can talk through this and you can hear me as if I'm not wearing anything.
0: Holy so crap. Even
1: though, so even though this, you can completely understand me. It'll only be for a couple more minutes while they're doing the stuff. You were
0: wearing that the first time I met you. Oh, really? Yeah. You know oh, look what? at me in my
1: bikini. Okay. Um, let me turn now, off my let me turn off my mail as we I do
0: know. Go. It's as if they're just as important as this conversation. No, they're I turn mine off.
1: No, the dink. I by the way, I I'm trying to figure out um how to do how that? To, no, how to um turn the sound off. The dink. I, I somehow can't figure it out. And I'm not alone. I can tell it, I, you. How? Oh.
0: Go to your right corner. Do you see right. those th- that three little lines? Yes. Click on that. Yep. And it should say night shift and do not disturb. Scroll uh, up.
1: Yep. I am a weather stock three new. Oh, here, hold on. Boom. Oh, here we go.
0: Do not disturb. Oh, yeah,
1: it does not disturb. Yes. Yes. Click on it. I'm going to do that from, well, okay. Hold just, on. no,
0: just do it. And then you can manually turn it off. Okay. Uh, it's the best thing I've ever learned.
1: Oh, well, no, it's off, but hold oh. on. Oh, uh, uh, Hold on. Uh, but by the way, this is exciting for your listeners. By the
0: way, I don't really edit these. So they're listening. Please don't give up, you guys. It's just, it's been so delightful so far and it's going to continue to be just so delightful. Um, now, okay. But let's go back to, how, okay. The, when smiling? not
1: Smiling? Do, <laughs> that's all right, Go ahead.
0: Do publishers start coming to you and say, Hey, Jeff Garland, we want to give you a book deal. How does that happen?
1: Literally like you say. Okay. Uh, Well, also, I have a business, I have have a manager and uh, and my manager in their company, Three Arts Entertainment, they have a book. He was my book agent, then he moved to my management agent. And he's still, to my knowledge, my book agent, although I haven't done anything in a while. Um, But I, um, it came up. He was he was like there was interest in me. I actually sold. Did I tell you this? That I sold the first book I went out with, and then I changed my mind.
0: No, Let's I have a that piece
1: out. that I do in my standup. It's actually people love this piece. I stopped it. I'm doing going to start doing it again. I decided it's about children. this is true children laugh an average of 400 times a day adults laugh an average of eight times a day how is it we lose 392 laughs i sold that book for a good good money
0: is it, to, is it called 392 laughs
1: no i didn't i never titled it i never wrote it i didn't even by the way i just pitched it i didn't even write a thing it kills me and they were all in and then i thought no this is about this is i mean it's a really good stand up piece i don't think it's what I want as a book. You yeah, know, how do you like, write three
0: hundred pages on that?
1: Well, that or even what happened? They're out. Oh, they're out. Okay. So, hey, I feel that I feel about anything, but I especially feel about a book that it's got to be something that means something to you on Absolutely. a deep level. Otherwise, I think that reading a book is the quickest way to find out if, like. You watch a movie, see if someone do stand-up, whatever. You got to know from the inside, sort of like, I know that comedian. I know he's just doing this because Netflix offered him this. None of this material has any weight or any interest or is even all that funny. With a book, though, but someone watching may not realize that they're not educated in stand-up comedy. Right. All right? Or myself, I'll watch a movie and I'll know when a movie's full of crap. I know it for whatever reason, but it's hard work, but still I know the motivations of why people do it. uh, Because I know. But a book, I think everyone knows. You start reading a book and really within 10 pages, you just know this is worthless or this is something that's well worth my time. Mm -hmm. I think it's no more than 10 pages. And, you know, I think that in a, with a comedian or a movie or a record album that someone puts out, I think a little ways in, everybody realizes mm-hmm. for the most part. But I think a book, boom, right then and there, man. Because it is too nuanced and too difficult to do the right way, you know. Um, so, yeah. so
0: how do you know when it's not something that means something to you. So you sell that book on a pitch and then how long did you think about it before going, no, did they pay you?
1: No, no. They offered me, I, th- I think it was, it was my first book thing and they offered me $200,000 for that idea. I'm just saying. Um, and I said, no, it sounds crazy, but the work that I would have to put in, would not be worth $200,000 because it would be to do it. I'm at the point now in my career period, I can't do anything that's even very good. Everything I do has to be great. And the first project that I put up under that guys is my recent stand-up special on Netflix, yeah. Our Man in Chicago. It's the first thing that I, I've done that's mine that I think was worthy of, that's worthy of people watching and worthy of my time doing. I, of course, do Goldberg's and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, but those are other people's visions and other people's things. I'm part of the storytelling on that. When, I'm, when I act in a movie or a television show that I have not written it or directing, uh, it is thoroughly, I'm, I'm, pa- I'm part of a storytelling thing.
0: Well, and the other thing, here's a lesson you've really taught me. I knew it, but until you said it, I have completely started embracing it, which is you won't do anything that isn't joyful.
1: Oh, oh, well, that goes with, by the way, I didn't have that perspective in terms of really in my consciousness, like, I mean, my external consciousness, you know, but internally I probably did when I turned down that book because I knew it would be dread every... If I did that book, and it's funny, I could have really read a one-page version of that book, which is, how is it we lose 392 laughs? We accept a book deal for money. (laughs) And then, because I would have woken up with dread every day. How do I do this? You know, because even the piece that I do for stand-up on it, I haven't done it in years, but the piece is, there's a half a dozen examples. That's it. So... I'd have to write 392 examples, which look, and that book I would have looked at. And I think the last chapter would have been the best chapter because I would have, I would have talked about how we get those laughs back. But if I'm saying how we lose 392 laughs, then I'm focusing, focusing on the negative. Exactly. And I, never, I never liked doing that. So my gut popped in and said, no. And you can bet my book agent was not pleased with me. But within six months, I had another book that meant something to me. That was, uh, um, uh, that was how I stopped eating sugar and, and also stopped, was contributing to the world ecologically. Like it's, you know, lowering my footprint, if you will.
0: And so you call up. So when you have that idea, you call up that book agent. You go, I got a new idea. Will you go pitch it? How does that work?
1: I got a new idea. Will you go pitch it? It's really that
0: simple. I hate you. I don't. I love you, but that's crazy. No,
1: no, I know. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, I um, yeah. And then I go pitch it. And um,
0: oh, so you at least have to go pitch it yourself.
1: Oh, I do. Well, no, no, no. Yes. He will talk to them first. Yeah. And then it was Gallery Books, which is part of, or was part Random of-
0: Random House, maybe?
1: Simon & Schuster. Okay. And I, I met with a few. I got a few offers. Yeah. Um, I, like, I think I got three offers, but I liked their offer the best. And I I loved working with them. Uh, Trish Baktowski was the person. She was nice,
0: lovely. Nice Jew.
1: I don't think she's Jewish.
0: Isn't um, yeah, okay, go on.
1: I don't think so. But um, so you yeah. sell
0: you sell the book and and yeah. we're not going to talk about money cuz that's tacky or we are oh, No no
1: no no I I don't want to talk about money on that cuz that's something I did. You know, if I turned down something and I know by the way, I'm not ignorant to the value of $200,000 and how wonderful it is, but I could have done for $200, menial work. Like if someone said, would you clean out my garage for $200,000? Yes, I would. Because even though I wouldn't want to clean out a garage, I'm getting $200,000. I'm going to do it. But I was well aware of what I had said I was going to do and what I was agreeing to do. It would not. It would be the bane of my existence. And I can tell you, and I want to tell anyone who doesn't have money, and by the way, I grew up sort of like this with having my father earn and not having my father earn. We were never poor, but we were not even, we were lower middle class to upper middle class, which by the way is a blessed childhood, very happy childhood. But I can say that every time in my life that I've taken something for the money, it has never been as easy as I thought. Uh, it's always much more difficult, much more stress. And like I say, I don't do anything now unless it's filled with joy. So uh, it, you can do anything except what I do for money. What I mean is being a comedian, you know, the, the stuff that makes me laugh, what I find interesting in a book, like all those things, they're joyful. And like I said, I could work at Walmart for whatever amount of money if, if I didn't have my skills. Thank you, whoever placed them in me. Um, but that's a way, and you may hate that job, that's why you should move on or figure something else on, whatever. But I also know that I would have had more joy working at a Walmart than writing a book about losing 392 laughs. I was well aware. And like I said, if Walmart offered me a really good deal for a lot of money, I would have. At that time, I needed the money, too. Let me also add. But I, as a stand-up during the course of a 38-year career, I spent many years dirt broke. I remember my dad having to wire me money, and my dad didn't have money. But I was dirt broke. His son was dirt broke. And he wired me, I think, $75. I had to walk. It's like almost like a joke, like... To school, I walked, but I had to walk five miles in zero degrees and snow in Chicago to pick up the money that was wired to me. Wow. So um, I remember being poor very vividly, but I also learned with what I do, you can't, I'm a professional, I need money, I get money, but I don't base my decisions on, on money. I yeah. don't.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting paid well for what you do
1: well. Nothing. nothing. And I have worked hard and made many a sacrifice. I became, because of the the career path I took, I developed diabetes because the road is really hard and a lot of addiction. My addiction wasn't alcohol, wasn't drugs. It was sugar. I take my pudding pops and my pop tarts and my Pretty pebbles. And you go back to, they call it a condo, you know, like it's a cheap apartment that they rent that they put the comedians up in. And I go back there and I would eat like a pig all night. Mm-hmm. Well, I developed diabetes. I sure I took years off my life. I, I have problems in life now because of it. And that's because of the road, mm-hmm. you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of which I want to write a bit, a bit my next book is going to be about, it's not going to be an autobiography, although will be a lot of autobiographical, but autobiographical, but I want to write a book about comedy, the state of comedy, why I got into comedy, my thoughts on comedy, uh, just a book, and a book that a com- young comedian that I hope, would hope that anyone that digs me would find interesting, but also any comedian would get something out of my book. That's the next book I write. Mm-hmm. In addition to... As I mentioned, my photography, I'm doing a photography book. Mm-hmm. But my photography book, speaking up for the money, if you will, I'm doing a limited run. I'm doing like 1,000, maybe 1,200. 1,000 of them will be regular. I mean, they're still going to be nice and limited. And then like 200 of them, I might include a print and I'll sign it. Not that I wouldn't sign the other ones if someone asked me to, because then it's a money thing. Well, you're going to have to pay the difference. Point being is, I do everything out of what makes me feel good and proud and well, not pride. Pride gets in the way. Oh my God. It's pride
0: Satisfied. Let's say satisfied.
1: You're satisfying and joyful.
0: Um. So, okay. So back to my footprint. So you sell it uh, to gallery and yeah. then, and then you sit down to write it. What did you know? How did you know how to do that? You'd never written a book.
1: Well, Can you hold on one second? I need to, well, I know you're recording, but I need to check something right now. Yeah. I'm going to check something. Um, Well, hold on. Book agent, very, very smart man, uh, gave me uh, uh, notes, you know, of like what I should do. And then he gave me the best suggestion ever, which was um, hold on one second. <laughs> i apologize i'm so funny right now because i um hold on it's oh uh, uh, where I, I had it give me one second i'm so sorry I mentioned that to you before
0: you had a stroke
1: i had a stroke in 2000 and um i don't remember names like, I'd love to say my agent's name. That's what I was looking for. I can't fi- I can't get it offhand. It, will you do me a favor? Oh, it's not going to work anyhow, because she can't find it. Um, it. It won't be. I'd have to. But you uh, um, suggested I hire my own editor. Yeah. Because book publishing companies... They edit they give you an editor, but that person is looking out for gallery books, and by the way, they were a joy, but I hired my I gave a third of my earnings uh, to this woman to edit with, with me is it
0: joanne no no yeah.
1: no it's a guy um, but um, um, of your- no Julian blank is who I hired who went on to be a top editor who's running. I think she works for Random House now. I can't remember. She's a big muckety-muck in the book. And she
0: edited Michelle Obama's book. Didn't you tell me that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. And and also um, Tom Petty, Billy Crystal. But I mean, she, when she worked, but, but I hired her before she did any of this to be my own editor at his suggestion. And it's one of the great friendships of my life. It was the best experience. And so she beat the crap out of me before I ever turned anything in. So when I turned the book in, I got minimal notes from
0: Mm
1: -hmm. the, from gallery because I'd already been through it with someone wickedly smart. And um, yeah.
0: And so really what it is, you know, it's almost like a year in the life book, uh, which Uh, became really big with eat, pray, love and Julie and Julia, where um, I mean, I kind of read I read it and I first of all it's a wonderful book, but second of all, I was like, that sounds so fun. You're going to Pritikin. It's like you're going to a spa and working out and you've got these friends there. And then you're going to Ed Begley Jr.'s house. Like it was it was it it was enjoyable, vicarious. Well, that's the
1: I mean, I want the I mean, I don't want to tell a journey that's not interesting and or enjoyable there's some dark stuff in the book i talk about the stroke in my book do
0: talk about the stroke i'm a horrible person but i've now had so many all right now we're back
1: to being kind to yourself it's so hard on a daily basis not to call yourself an idiot not to say things like i'm a horrible person i struggle with it we all do but that's a fight you've got to fight more
0: i don't really believe it though it's more like i say it as an excuse if I'm embarrassed, well,
1: then you're full of shit. And you're not yeah.
0: Right. I'm way more full of shit than I am self-hating. Trust oh. me.
1: Well, that's I, uh, I am not full of shit and I have my share of self-loathing. <laughs> so- I'm not remotely full of shit. I don't have any bullshit in me, which gets me into trouble.
0: Mm hmm. I could see that. Yep. I could see that. Yep. I, I'm not really full of shit, just sometimes. I mean, just like in things that don't matter. doesn't matter. This is not about me. This is about your book.
1: So- no, but it should be a conversation and not about a book. If we us having a conversation is a lot more interesting to your listeners than you staying on point with the book. Now, I know there's people listening right now going, he's wrong. I like the format. I'm not trying to change your format, but don't get caught up in it.
0: Hey, guys, if you want to do a review and just comment on – I, I even like a negative review. I do. Well,
1: um, that's why I'm sitting here. Tell- I want to know what was wrong right. with the book. So I know from not only a marketing point of view, but from a writing point of view. So I know for my next book,
0: there was nothing wrong with the writing. The really? problem is the problem is people I thought the don't
1: green area of the book was boring.
0: Nope, it wasn't. People okay. don't want to read Jeff Garland. I did Jeff Garland's experience going to Pritikin and uh, doing these things. They want to read Jeff Garland's story about becoming a famous comedian, or they want to read a how-to book about how to lose weight, or they want to read a book about how to go green. They do not want all three because you're targeting three different readers.
1: That's fascinating. And
0: it was a poor decision on your publisher's part.
1: Yeah, but they were... If I may, that one unlike Leica, uh, Paris Chong, who's the heads the gallery at Leica Los Angeles, I got that on merit because I was obsessed with getting a a, a merit. Okay, Um, and her approach was, yes, I'm a known person that will help, but she was really into. Is the work good? She was very critical. She was tough. And I love that. My editor was that. I think that gallery books, their motivation was, this is Jeff Garland from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And we can sell a lot of books based on that. Oh, did they learn a lesson? (laughs) Uh, That is, I am not, look, I was just on the Emmys. I was representing uh, curb Your Enthusiasm for Best Show and prior to uh, being on the air I did it like this I'm actually using the equipment they gave me I got a light up here I've got a better camera that's on than that's on my computer because most uh, notebooks have 720p which is really good regular it's not I have a four, I'm on a 4k camera right now um, <clears throat> so I'm there, and I realize that they say, we're coming back, you know, because we're doing it through Zoom. We're coming back in 30 seconds, and you're all gonna be live. Well, I look, and my shirt has spots of sweat. Now, I'm not nervous, but I realize I was like, oh, yeah, my air conditioning's not working. It's being replaced. It's hot. So I had a decision, I 15 seconds. 10, I don't have time to get a shirt. Well, do I do this? And I decided comedically and overall, what's better for everyone is, you know, I take off my shirt. So I was shirtless on the Emmys. Okay. Not a shirt to be found. I, the next day, Google, now, by the way, people wrote me, told me how hard they laughed. Friends wrote people, like people did notice it, but like a lot of people didn't notice it. But the next day in the press, I think one London paper, Um, I forget which one. Um, And one, I'll put it this way. One legit, legit source talked about it. Everybody else was some sort of web things, pages I'd never heard of. I didn't get any coverage. And do you know why I didn't get any coverage? Not because it's not funny, not because shirtless, not because anything. It's because people don't give a shit about me. You know who gives a shit about me? People who are curb fans, people who are fans of me. But in terms of the media, it's really – I have accepted the fact that I'm not remotely titillating to the media. I am more so – I get – by the way, ironically, I get a lot of attention in New York, a lot of attention in London, uh, attention in Los Angeles, but on a big thing, no – no. So I did that, you know. Like I would go on in a given week, I swear, I would go on Conan and I would do some things and say some things. A week later, a friend of mine, this happened twice, who was much more popular than me, he would, we have very similar sensibilities and he did not steal from me. Talked about the same thing said the same things I did, the next day it was in Rolling Stone online. So I'm well aware, and by the way, it's not that I haven't been in Rolling Stone, I was recently did a video thing for them, but I'm sure they got a surprise by the lack of traffic. And by the way, this is not being mean to me, this is the reality I deal with. I I consider myself very successful, but you realize that here gallery books I want to write the best book I can and I want people to hear about it and go, I want to read that book. And gallery books is thinking he's a famous comedian. We're going to sell a ton of books.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I would also say how lucky are you? You get all the benefits of fame, of success and people leave you alone. Nobody's going to cancel you because they just, you gotta be like, you gotta be, Built up so far to be torn down.
1: Well, by the way, well, you say that I've not been built up high enough that people exactly. want to tear me down.
0: That's amazing. But,
1: but everyone is susceptible to that now. I guess. Uh, and I told you that in my comedy, especially my stand-up, I improvise a lot. I know I will say something stupid because I'm a man but I'm not remotely scared of saying anything ignorant because that's not who I am. I will not say something racist, that doesn't, that's not who I am. I will not say something uh, sexist, that's not who I am. I'm full of positivity and love. I am skeptical, I, am, I will pull, point out noble targets. I don't talk about politics on stage, but if there's something to attack, that's noble that's about the human condition boom i'm in so it's not like i'm soft but i'll never i mean i hope but i'm not i don't think i'll ever say anything ignorant but stupid yes i probably already have said many stupid things today
0: scary as a man out there
1: but by the way it is scary times to be a man. But if I if I have to say, it's a lot scarier to be a black man. It's a lot scarier to be a oh, woman.
0: Absolutely. In a different all
1: way. the things that women have dealt with and are dealing with, all the women that what what basically has happened is really the whole world was swimming in shit. And then they said, Hey, white guy, get in the get in the pool. You need to swim in shit too. So we're all in a big pool of shit. That's negative, but I'm laughing at it.
0: Uh, (laughs) That's one of the eight laughs today. Yes, you've given me like three, which is frankly a lot. I don't think I laugh eight times a day.
1: You don't. Well, by the way, want me to be honest with you? You do when you hang with me. True. Yeah. and by the way, you told me how much, and it's not a challenge ego thing for me. You told me that you don't laugh, and then I'll go. You laughed again. You laughed again. You laughed again. Hanging out with me, I make you laugh, fucker.
0: Well, yes. I mean. You're paid very well to make the world laugh. So The only
1: thing that I have, the, the gifts I've been given, I think, are being sensitive, being charming, and being funny. Those are my gifts. I don't know what other gifts I've been given. I'm remotely athletic. Um, I'm terribly handsome.
0: You're great at giving notes on a script, I'll tell you that.
1: Well, thank you. Thank and you. Many
0: other gifts.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Okay, but I think we've accomplished some great things here. In addition to some laughs, but and so we have to wrap up.
1: Okay, um, I want to wrap up. I I, I yeah. didn't even want to do this.
0: You're done. You were done. At- no,
1: no. I wanted to do it because it's you. I'm. I make. I don't do anything out of guilt.
0: Yeah.
1: I make all my choices at this point in my life as an old man. I'm not that old yet, but I'm 58. I'm getting up there. I make all my choices. Whether the money's there or not, will this be joyful? If it's not going to be joyful, how do I adjust it to be joyful? So I don't wanna I'd rather I'd always rather be napping. But I dig you, I dig what you do, and so this is joy this has been joyful. Very I joyful. Agree. But if we accomplish it, did you finish any thoughts that you want? Is there anything we're leaving on the table that you wanted to get out of me? Because I, I went on many a tangent.
0: Well, I'd like the listener to understand that getting the big advance from the big publishing company is not the road to y- your dream publishing
1: experience. And I Can know- I also tell you this to you? And, and by the way, what you just said is 100% true, but I want to tell you this. Getting any advance in anything is not the path to great success. I mean, you certainly are getting whatever advance you get, but it's about the work that you do. And you hope that on the other end of the work that you've done, that the acceptance, uh, the joy, whatever you bring out of people with it will lead to more work and you having a great sense of accomplishment with what you've done.
0: Yes. And success can have all sorts of measures. I've, I had a book that didn't sell much, didn't get me any business. Oh, was it a success? Cause I felt really successful with it. it-
1: well, by the way, I, I don't audition very much anymore. I meet directors for parts, you know, cause they know my work. I have enough work that some, you know, there are people, In the regular world, there's plenty of people that don't know who I am. But in show business, most people, I am famous in show business, truly famous. And most people know my work in show business. So I don't have to audition. But when I did audition, when I started getting auditions was when I took this approach. I made my choice. I did what I wanted to do. And when I left, either they want me or they don't want me. To write a book, see, we could talk a whole segment on this because I, I find fascinating we have to discuss is the writing of a book of your thought process of the audience, thinking about the audience. I never think about the audience in any work that I do. The audience is not a consideration. I respect them. And that is all I owe them. I put out what I think is funny, what I think is interesting, and they have the opportunity to embrace it or not embrace it. But I don't do it. I do it for them and for me. I'm not like on a, like it's not an ego thing. I really do want people to dig what I do, but I don't control that. So I don't worry about that. That's out of my hands.
0: But I think it's a fine line because you, one cannot do creative work uh, that they think will be successful because they think they can predict the masses. But I, for me, I do, I like to picture one person because if there's one person, then there's many, many more and know that I'm creating something they will value.
1: Okay. So I am the one person when I create something. Does it make me laugh? Do I find it interesting? Because I'm, I'm a, a tough not critic, but I'm tough on the work I do. I see that's why I didn't write the 408 book because I knew I couldn't deliver something that someone would want to read. That would be that I and someone being me, I wouldn't want to read it. And it would give me, and I, when I would see it on the shelf, I would get nauseous. My book uh, that I wrote, I'm nothing but. I, I I feel a sense of accomplishment, not sales wise, but uh, person personally, you know.
0: But I would also say to the listener, you are in a privileged position where you can do that. I don't think most of us can. I think most. I disagree.
1: Of us can. I think everyone can. I think you approach decisions based on how much money you have. Pretending, I always tell young comedians and young actors make your choices. Pretend you have a million dollars in the bank. Sell out on your day job, don't sell out on what you really care about. That's my feeling, and not that what you're saying is a sellout. The one person that's not a sellout, but you really got to be true to what you value. Absolutely, and I'm a, and look, I build up everything slowly my Instagram, everything. It's not like I feel blessed, by the way, that nothing comes easy to me, except napping.
0: Um, I'm the same, and napping doesn't come easy at all, either. Okay, such a delight. I'm going to stop recording. Thank you so much, Jeff.
1: Thank you, Anna David, for all you do.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now, a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review. And find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.